Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. So in this ever-expanding space, there are always new words that come into play. And I realized that the first two episodes that I did as far as the NFT verbiage were episodes 7 and 47. So I was actually getting ready to release this episode yesterday, episode 96. However, I realized it's going to be easier for me to remember or share with other people if I just delayed it a day and it would be 747 and 97. So for today, I have a new set of words that should be very helpful that you're gonna come across in this space because not only are you learning all of this tech stuff, you're learning about the different metrics and what drives the community, drives the price of the NFTs, but then also, a lot of the times, you're going to come into Twitter spaces or just see a post or something, and you're going to hear some words that really aren't used outside of the context of this NFT space or speaking with blockchains and everything in Web3. So the first word that I'm going to dive into is really an Ethereum-specific word, and it comes up a lot. It is GUI. And that actually stands for gigaway. And the simplest way to understand what this is that it is a billionth of an ETH. So just as there are a hundred cents in a dollar, there are billion guay or gigaway in one ETH. And this is going to mostly come up when you're speaking about gas fees because gas fees are going to be quoted in Gwei. And when I say gas fees, if you listen to the other episode or you've been in Ethereum, you understand that is a fee that you're playing to uh, transact on the blockchain. These various computers and what have you that are validating this information, in order to do that, there has to be an incentive. And this is paid in Gwei. So it's a fraction of ETH. The next word that we're going to dive into is across the board with everything with blockchains, and that is ledger. And ledger is simply put, it is a record. And this could be also offline. You're talking about accounting, the old school bookkeeping with balancing the book for a business or whatever it is. That is called a ledger. So coming to the digital world on the blockchain, that record that is stored is also called a ledger. However, it could also be mistaken for a ledger device. So those are two things that you're going to hear a lot when you hear about uh, people referring to the ledger. It could be actually the information, the data that's stored on the blockchain, that record, or it could be referring to a ledger device, which is a hardware wallet. However it is being used, really depends on the context clue of the sentence. When someone says the information in the ledger, or if they're saying, well, with my ledger device, or with my ledger, or my ledger wallet, and you're going to hear those things uh, thrown around a lot. So it might be confusing if you're just new into the space and you're hearing ledger used in two different ways. That is the reason why. Smart contract is going to be another word that you're going to hear quite a bit. And smart contract is simply put, it's just a code. It is in the case of a generative project, it is rendering out exactly how uh, these art are going to be put together to produce what finishing out the output, if you will, the rarity and all those different things, how it is uh, randomized, that is all into the smart contract, but also the percentage that goes back to the creator when they're resold or the different ownership, how the, the royalties are split up or divided and things like that are all written into the contract, the whitelisting or the um, allow list, pre-sale list, whatever you want to call it. Those are all put into lines of code and that is simply the smart contract. So anytime you hear the smart contract, that is really someone writing up the code in order for all this stuff to interact with, whether it is with dApps or giving certain permission or generating something, that is where that information is coming from that actually allows all of this stuff to work. 
And earlier I mentioned a ledger. And the reason why you might hear that coming up is because you'll hear a lot of talk about hot wallets versus cold wallets. And it could just go over your head if you don't fully understand. A hot wallet is a browser extension or something that is always connected to the internet. So in the case of MetaMask or the Phantom Wallet or the Wax Wallet, those are online. Those are what we'd call a hot wallet. Now, a cold wallet would be a device such as the Ledger device, which I was speaking about before, where the keys are actually stored on this device and it's not connected to the internet whatsoever. Once you want to make those transactions, then you're going to connect it up to your computer or whatever device it is. So it allows it to then sync up, connect to the blockchain, sign it, and authorize those transactions. So that is a complete difference. With the Ledger device, it is offline, stored in a desk or wherever else, connected only when needed, cold wallet. Hot wallet, it is always in that browser, it is always on that extension, so whenever that computer is online, technically it has access to the internet. Another phrase that you're going to hear a lot in the NFT community, especially on Twitter, you're going to see wag me, hashtag wag me, or different people will just say uh, wag me when it comes to something development that's going on. And really that's we are all going to make it. It is an acronym. And it's really just the motto of the spirit of the NFT space is generally speaking that we believe that The tide lifts all boats, and all of us that are here in this space, we're building, we're interacting, we're collecting, and we're helping to build the space together. In five, 10 years, we're all going to be off in a better place, and we're all going to make it together. So you always see that in Twitter and in different uh, spaces where you'll find the NFT community, and there's shirts and merch and all sorts of things. Wag me, or even in the designs of specific NFTs, you will see that, and that's what it means. And while we're on the slang mooning, you'll always hear about uh, something is getting ready to moon, and that's shortening for it's going to the moon or taking off. It's on a rocket ship, and you'll see that emoji as well, and the price is going up. It's really just elevating right now. It's If you look at the chart, it is a straight line basically going up. That is the picture of just a rocket launching off going to the moon, and I'm a big Apollo fan of watching those old uh, footage of uh, the astronauts not to getting ready to go to the moon. So that's really the imagery that all of this comes from and the wording and everything. It really is a rocket ship going to the moon. And some things to understand about Discord is, okay, you're, well, first of all, Discord is the primary social media platform where the communication is going to be taking place with various projects or platforms or whatever it might be. This would be like the equivalent of a Facebook group or some sort of platform where there is a telegram or something like that where the people congregate and can get the information and they can interact with one another. However, Discord is basically, if you are familiar with Slack for corporate settings, it is, it's basically the same thing. It has the same layout, same look and everything. However, this was really set up for the purposes of gaming and it really launched out into this whole Web3 crypto space and what have you. And the terms that you're going to use a lot related to, uh, Discord is going to be server and channel. And now server is a particular one. So each project will have its server. So whether it is a particular application or it's a group related to a content creator, whatever it might be, it could be that specific server for that particular thing. Now, inside of the server, there's going to be channels, and each channel is going to be organized and uh, broken down. So this would be the equivalent of having different boards in the old message board days, or in a forum, it would be a different category or just a way to organize. And even in um, Facebook groups, it will be a tab or 
on Reddit. It would be a subreddit. And it's just a different way of saying this is how it's going to be organized within that server. So let's say, for example, I go into the Wax blockchain server. Then there's going to be announcements. There's going to be a channel for giveaways. There's going to be a channel for general chat, support, all these different things. So each one, each server has multiple channels. Now we're going to cover a few things related to the blockchain itself. You're going to, every now and then, you're going to hear something about a node. And simply put, again, anything related to blockchains and really diving into the nitty gritty, the hardcore stuff, that is above my pay grade. Primarily, everything that needs to be known to uh, relate to NFTs and all the different things is as far as I really go. I'm interested in that stuff. However, I don't think I'm qualified enough to really uh, dive into all the nitty gritty of all that stuff. But generally speaking, a node is really uh, just the simplest terms. It is the validating computers or the uh, computers that are scattered across the network that are actually confirming the information on the blockchain. So when a transaction actually takes place, it is these various nodes that are, are reconciling the blockchain, the ledger, and seeing that all this information is verified and they're connecting and interacting and passing the information and confirming it with one another. And there's various different types of nodes, and I'm not even going to go into that, but th just to name a few really quick, just off the uh, top of my head, there is a validating nodes, there's mining nodes, and uh, just so many others. As far as I know, there could be probably about 10 different types of nodes, but generally speaking, it is the computers that are handling and processing all of this information. And while we're on the topic of blockchains, also there's mutable and immutable. Those are two words that sort of come up. Anytime you hear that, mutable just means that it could be changed. It's something that is not permanent and it can be edited. And just to give you an example, not related to blockchains and what have you, a Facebook status, right? When you post something or an interaction, whether it be a comment or whatever it is, even on YouTube, you can actually edit it. So let's say you make some sort of error, a typo, or whatever it might be, you can go back, you can click, you can edit, and it changes. Now, that is an example of mutable. The opposite is on Twitter at the point of this recording and has been that way since its inception is immutable. Once a tweet goes out, you cannot change it. The only thing you can do is delete it. So I guess you could say that's not fully immutable because you can remove the record. However, in the sense that specific tweet there is nothing you can do to it once it is sent out. So that specific tweet is immutable. So going into the blockchain, the information that is on the chain is there and it cannot be changed. So anytime you hear about immutable information or immutable data, immutable anything really, transactions, that is why. Once it's on the blockchain, it's just set in stone. It cannot be changed. Literally, you would have to bring down the entire network and remove the blockchain altogether for that to be changed or edited or removed. And when it comes to security and avoiding a various frauds, and you'll hear this especially with a DAO, there is something called a multi-sig wallet. And with that, it just means that it requires two or more private keys in order to make a transaction from that specific wallet. So again, this is mostly common with a DAO or something that holds a lot of value or a lot of responsibility in the sense of, let's say a DAO is supposed to make charitable donations based on the sales of the NFTs. What happens is a lot of times that they will be various members and they'll have a multi-sig wallet. So when it comes time to pay out this money now to the charity of choice, it's going to require more than one person to authorize that transaction. The funds to be shifted from the primary project wallet or the DAO wallet and going into the charity 
Clarity Wallet. So the reason for this is it's think of it as a check. There's different types of business checks that require two signatures. And that is a security purpose. No one can just forge the one signature and run off with all the money. It requires two officers, two members, two uh, whatever you want to say, managers, depending on how the corporation or the company is structured, what these uh, titles basically are. But two authorized people have to sign it in order for that check to be valid. And I can even think of uh, in cases of with church where there's various checks that needed to be paid for a contract or whatever it might be. And we could not find uh, two signatures, uh, two signatories, I should say, to be able to sign that. And it has ran into certain problems. And that is a safety measure that no one can run off with the church's money or in the case of the Dow or the charity or whatever it might be. Same exact thing. A multi-sig wallet requires two people to sign it. And the last word that I'm going to actually use in this uh, particular episode is deflationary. Deflationary is something that is important uh, during this time, especially that inflation is running absolutely rampant. And the best way to really understand this is seeing what's happening to the dollar in just about every country right now, fiat currency, as with all the stimulus and all the spending that has taken place over the last few years based on the pandemic and all sorts of different things. It has the value, the currency in a lot of places. And what used to cost $1 two years ago now cost $1.10 or $1.20. Or in uh, some countries where there's hyperinflation, it could be way more than that, multiples of that dollar. Now, it is the exact opposite with deflationary. Deflationary means that the actual value of it, because the supply is shrinking, so the value of it is actually going up over time. And the reason why this comes into play is Ethereum or ETH is deflationary in nature, meaning that over time, there's actually less. And as these transactions are happening, the various things are happening, it can actually... Uh, lower what's currently out there right now. So literally, more ETH could be destroyed in a particular day than what is being mined. So over time, the existing supply becomes less and the value of each individual token goes up. And this is very strange and very in uh, contrast to even Bitcoin, definitely in contrast to fiat currencies when these governments are literally just printing money at free will. And that is one of the reasons why people have so much faith in these uh, cryptocurrencies is because either they have a finite number or they have deflationary measures put into place so that over time, each one's going to be worth more. And you'll hear this a lot, especially when it comes to the development and the future of the Ethereum blockchain and Ether. And that is why it is a deflationary currency and everything that is going over there. And there's a whole bunch of theories and things, again, that is way over my pay grade. But anytime you hear that term, especially related to ETH, That is what they're speaking about. So hopefully I just covered some words that I left out in the first two um, episodes related to the vocabulary in the space. But these are the ones that I've been hearing a lot that keep constantly uh, popping up. And people have questions on that saying, what does that mean? Or where does that come from? So hopefully I covered that. And as these words keep popping up and we're developing, we're creating new spaces, we're creating uh, different applications and all sorts of things, we also have to come with new words. We have to adopt words or invent words to describe that process, that actual development that is taking place in this whole Web3 space. So 
I'm sure there'll be more episodes to come with various words that we're defining, and there's no need to make this thing any more complicated than it is, and I try my best to just use simple terms that we use in everyday uh, verbiage and, and conversation as far as plain English, and when it comes to uh, some of these things, it's there's no other way around it, but I have to use those, so I just find it very helpful to just define it, and hopefully uh, this was uh, of benefit to you, and if you do have any questions as far as what words you'd like to see defined or to really a specific topic that needs to be explained or elaborated more upon, please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at Tropic Vibes or in the contact information that is in the show notes. But as usual, I want to thank you for spending this time and listening to this episode, and I look forward to the next one. Later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.